Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Theron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh, cry, and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Prepare your hearts and enjoy this time designed just for you. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. Vroom. <laughs> I did not think you were going to say that. That is so awesome. What a pleasant surprise. I was like nervous. Like, how am I going to know what you're going to say? You never know. It's just going to happen. Yes. Well played there, Farron. You know, it made sense though because... <laughs> start Before You're Ready is the title of Murphy Forleo's Chapter 7 and Everything is Figure Outable. It sure is. And the quote is, are you ready? Ready. Kloss asked by Oh, wait, that's part of the... should have said that ahead of time. You know what? <laughs> they don't need to hear the quote. <laughs> it's from Lemony Snicket, and that's all you need to know, okay? <laughs> okay, wait. You should really read it when I get my life The point later. is, it says, <laughs> if we wait until we're ready, we'll be waiting for the rest of our lives. We don't need the dialogue. I don't know why Marie included all that. So, we had to abbreviate the laughter. We have spent the last approximately four minutes now laughing. <laughs> To the point of crying. <laughs> so if you want to know what in the heck happened, you need to watch the YouTube video because it's uh, <laughs> It's uh, cute. Is it? <laughs> I almost started to do the laugh that I hate where it's really high. Well, I did. If you listen closely and watch the YouTube video, it happens. It's the really high pitch. I can't breathe. <laughs> and I, I save that for the best people. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's because it's so ugly to hear. Okay, I'm sorry. I find it very entertaining. Well, carry on. Okay, we're starting before we're ready, and the quote, as we already said, is, if we wait until we're ready, we'll be waiting for the rest of our lives. I feel that one. Yes. Resonates deep. On so many levels throughout different life phases, I've felt that. Mm Mm-hmm. And so there's something called future tripping, where it's like you're dreaming in the future and um oh well i've got to wait till i have this this and then i can do it like when people are like oh we're trying to save up our money before we have kids cool i totally get it. it's so important to save um you're never gonna have enough money to have kids Mm-mm. have you seen the bills ask mm-hmm. someone who has kids uh, the bills are atrocious but they're worth it right and you're gonna days. you're gonna figure out a way to make it work mm-hmm so, like, right now, Morgan and I are saving up for adoption, and it's a lot of money through the program we're using, and we support the program we're using, and we want to use this specific program because we feel like that's what we've been called to. It's Christian Homes and Family Services based out of Abilene, Texas. Uh, they're amazing, um, but just it takes a lot, mm-hmm. and we're never going to be ready, um, so that's why we're going to pull the trigger as soon as we can with the certain amount we give in um but there's that so that's just an example right now in my life um but future tripping done right is will it withstand the 10-year test is what marie forleo calls it so in 10 years from now farron are you going to regret x Mm. y or z either doing it or not doing it just hearing the word regret makes me automatically feel regret no regrets not even a letter Yellow. Have you seen the... We're the Millers? 
No. Oh my gosh, that's your homework. Okay. No regrets. <laughs> no, none, not one, not even a letter. Nope. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yes. Okay, so your big dreams. So think about, like with the podcast, for example, us starting it. Mm-hmm. In 10 years from now, would we have regretted not starting it? Yes. I think absolutely yes, especially if God was like, waving the sign in our face, like, hello, do this thing. And if mm-hmm. we didn't do it, and we even both felt like that sense of urgency, like, we know we're not ready, but all right, here we go. Yeah. So, again. And not to play lightly with body image and all the things, but that's not even like a 10-year thing. Like, in January, we all plan these great things to do health-wise to get to a healthy point. And then, you know, regret hits me six months later when I didn't start in January or I started and stopped shortly after. So that is a yearly reminder of what long-term regret could feel like. Right. Or even if you did start the thing and you're looking back like, wow, what if we didn't, what if we wouldn't have started then? We would have been behind. We would have been so behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just, I think it's important to remember that no one's ever fully ready or fully confident in something especially if you're starting before you're ready you're never gonna you're never gonna feel ready obviously because you're starting before you're ready you can't ever know all the things which is really hard for uh, a six an enneagram six who's trying to plan for the worst case scenario a five who wants to know everything a one who doesn't want to do any of it wrong i mean we could go around the whole but you're never going to be fully ready or necessarily fully confident but the important thing to remember is if God has called you to it, he's fully ready and fully confident. So that's what we need to lean into. So whenever you're like, oh, I, I don't think I'm ready. Okay, God's ready, so who who cares about your feelings right now? Mm-hmm. You've got to go do it. And we might look at other people that are doing something similar or doing what you want mm-hmm. to do, and you might just think, like, they've got it all figured out. Well, they figured it out by getting started. By doing it. Experiencing mm-hmm. it. They have all that experience because they... St- did it they started yeah and you know what they probably failed and messed up but again that taught them along the way yeah i mean we we mess up all the time on the podcast that's why there's editing tools and you have to learn how to figure that out but I did mean, you know you're supposed to like develop a brand <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't know that so if you know no. anything about seo or websites or any of that stuff yeah. then I mean, you learn as you go, and you got to figure it out. And and was it career ending? Absolutely not. No, look at I'm still I'm still standing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I only know that song because of the movie Sing that my children have watched. Mm-hmm. So okay, there is a motivational sports video that I would show my team back in the day, like several years ago. Um, every game day and one of the lines is how um there are so many great things in the graveyard like the books that never got written or the inventions that were never made or the ideas that never came to life because people never started so it died with them mm-hmm. so think about how advanced everything could be if we would have just acted on it or if that dang library in alexandra wouldn't have burned down <laughs> wonder yeah. what was in there you are such a history buff. I know. But that's I love like hearing the, it. I'm just glad uh, you digest it all and you put it into terms I understand. So, I'm I'm not a history buff. I just remembered that one thing right then. So, I just needed to throw it you in need, there. You need to talk more highly of your interests. Well, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. See, but see that phrase works with 62 and 82 and 32. I always got that. Mm, I, I knew it was one nine it. two, one nine something two. Um, I wonder how many people actually know somebody that had plans and dreams that followed them to the grave. Um, I think a lot of times you hear about people that have all these plans post retirement, right? And then they, unfortunately, they either don't make it to retirement or shortly after retiring they uh, pass away, and so. I think you can probably look around and you have examples of this. It's not just some neat thing to put on a pretty paper and quote and frame it and hang it in your office. It's 
a reality. So, reality check there. Right. When is a time that you started before <clears throat> you were ready? Podcast. Pod, you can't, we already used that one. Okay, all right. You gotta come up with something Well, else. now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Farron, so oh, at time you started before you Oh, tell me. Becoming a mom. Okay, and see, if, so you, good. <laughs> okay, if you have kids and you're ever around people that don't have kids and they have an idea of what it's going to be like when they have kids, oh my goodness, they are so cute, you know, like... Well, when I have a kid, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And oh, all the things that they say, and they don't know what they're saying. And you just want to strangle them, but instead you say, uh-huh. Someone <laughs> sounds better. <laughs> well, it's just not that easy. And you know, before I had kids, if someone tried to explain to me that it's not how it works, however it worked in my head, I probably would have been like, I'm going to do it different. I can do it, whatever. And there, you probably can. But the point is that you are, nothing can prepare you for becoming a parent until you actually become a parent. No, I think that goes with, with anything. No one can prepare you for what skydiving feels like until you go skydiving. Or I'm not doing that one. Right. So, so you would never experience it, so you, you wouldn't know. Mm-mm. I fly. Yeah, there you go. Do that one. It's not the same, though, because you're only, like, 10 feet off the ground. Yeah, but you're still, I mean, one wrong not move. Not 10,000 ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, an example, starting before you're ready. Uh, not necessarily, or I guess you don't know, like, or walking into a marriage, you don't know, like, how to That's live true. with that other person or be with that other person through, like, peaks and valleys. And you might, like, envision year one. But I think it's when life, when you get further down life's road, right? Um, you hear people say things like, you know, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. And when you're newlywed, you're like, what the heck? Yes, it is. Um, and yeah, you think things will get hard. But until you go through those things. So, you know how they say like the first year of marriage is always hard. I don't know. Did you the hear hardest, that? Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, sure, that was, sure, because I thought that was normal, that that's what I was looking for, and I wish someone would have said, in, like, enjoy it, it's going to be awesome, or learn to da 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 do all this stuff, uh, and so I remember someone was like, okay, do you have any marriage advice, and then I said, like, well, the first year of marriage is always hard, and they're like, and someone else was like, ours wasn't that hard, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is... So somehow that got stuck in my head, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if I, again, if I would have, if I could talk to younger me, I would have said, like, that's not the case. It can be as awesome as you make it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, we're not saying, get married before you're ready. <laughs> no. We're just giving an example of a time where, like, you think you've prepared as much as you can, but ultimately, you're still not ever going to be fully prepared. Driving a car for the first time. Oh my god! <laughs> my hands would hurt from like white knuckling. Oh. And then I'd be like, "How does my mom eat and drive? What <laughs> at the kids and not kill us all?" Oh my goodness! So I heard this stat, and I don't remember if it's from the Grit mini series or I mean, we've said it before on air. But did you know statistically that if you're like going to apply for a, a new job? Uh, a man will be 60% sure that they could do the job and they'll apply for it. Where typically a woman would wait until she's 90% sure before she applies for the job. Mm-hmm. Like, well, dang, if I'm only 60% sure, I'm going to start asking for a lot more stuff or getting doing a lot more stuff. And if we're, go- if we're going in off of 60, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think a man's mindset is I'll figure it out. Kind of like asking for directions, which I heard... Like, that joke isn't even relevant anymore because of, like, our navigation Mm -hmm. systems. Isn't that sad? Like, that joke won't make sense. That is so funny. I didn't even think about that. I heard that the other day, and I was like, dang, that is sad. Um, But women, I think we like to be prepared for the job. So men are like, I'll figure it out when I get there. And women are like, I'm going to Or I'm going to have a mentor. I know I'm going to step in. There's going to be a mentor trying to coach me up. Yeah. As opposed to maybe the other mindset of... 
well, I need to look like a, I need I to know it. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why did, I, why did I apply? I've got imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. Um, yeah, I'm reading our question. It says, what have people said you should do? Okay, so I like this one a lot. Um, so again, with starting before you're ready, deep down inside of you, thoughts have crossed your mind or someone has said something to you at some point and you're like, uh, no, thanks. I don't want to do that. Or I've heard people say, no, I'm not ready for that yet. Um, there've been times where I've, I'm like speaking life into someone I'm mentoring and they're like, no, I'm not ready for that. And in my head, I'm like, if you started, if you started right now mm-hmm. in three years when you're ready, then you already have the prereqs to get you there. You already have this certification or you've already started these classes. Like Start now. That way, whenever God presents the opportunity, you're ready to step up because you're following the call. If you're feeling that little tug, do it. Guys, that's my whole life story. Tell us more. <laughs> so school was really hard for me, and I decided I was going to become a teacher because... I could teach people what I already learned in school, but I didn't think that I could, like, learn all the other stuff for a profession aside from teaching. But I was like, to be a teacher, you just got to know this material you're teaching, you know, seventh graders. LOL, LOL, LOL. Yeah, you know, because I was a smart seventh grader. So I decided I was going to be a high school math coach or teacher and coach soccer because passion soccer math was my strength um and so then I went to college to do those things and guess what majoring in math I'm out it's really hard (laughs) and I did I wanted to do high school so I could coach soccer but I actually was more passionate about working with younger kids there I'm like this weird magnet um my mom and I will be out somewhere and a little kid will just walk up and start talking to me and she's like, did you know them? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just scream elementary teacher. I have kids that like will walk up and hold my hand, which kind of weirds me out because I'm a bit of a germaphobe. Uh, but yeah, it's weird. So I just, whatever, younger kids. And so I was like, well, I could be like a third or fourth grade math teacher. I could do that. I won't be able to coach soccer, but that's fine. And so then my first job, I went and they're like, well, we're thinking... Of either offering you a third grade math position or a first grade teacher. And I was like, either's fine because you're just desperate for just a Just hire job. me, please. I need a paycheck. Uh-huh. Um, and I was praying, God, please not first grade. That's where they have to learn how to read. And I barely can read. How am I going to teach kids how to read? And so sure ha, enough, ha, ha. she called back and she said, how's first grade sound? <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Sounds great. I'll see at orientation. <laughs> So I actually fell in love with teaching first grade and I ended up going to a different district and teaching second grade and then they decided to go departmentalized and the principal said, what's that? What's that? Departmentalized is where one teacher teaches one subject and the other teaches another and the kids rotate between the two teachers. So it was either teaching reading and social studies or math science. And so my principal said, what do you want? Reading? Social studies, math, science. I said, math, science. And she said, okay, reading, social studies. (laughs) So what I heard was, I said, go, okay, well, I still don't feel super strong in reading, and now I'm responsible for twice as many kids to be successful readers. But that was all part of the plan because then I became um, an ESL and dyslexia teacher, which if I had had all those years' experience in math, science, maybe I wouldn't have... You wouldn't have been qualified. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a fit that made sense to become like a reading specialist. And so I was like, oh gosh, so now I'm going to get the kids that really struggle with reading. (laughs) But going through my dyslexia training, oh my goodness, I have just fallen head over heels in love with dyslexia and um, the intervention programs out there to help kids read and just seeing the kids that have struggled for so long finally be able to read. I mean, it's awesome. It's addicting for sure. Side note, Farron is a dyslexia guru. And we Sometimes. even have... Oh, no. You're not In giving yourself process. enough credit. You, what do you call that when you have, like, someone you're learning from? Like the grasshopper? Young grasshopper. Well, I would be the grasshopper. You are the master. So I think you don't give yourself enough credit. But we do have a dyslexia episode 
That's episode 39. So, again, it's Farron and another expert. They're mm-hmm. equals, oh, and they discuss dyslexia, and it's pretty awesome. So, look at you, starting before you're ready. All again, if you, if you wouldn't have said yes, mm-hmm. number one, you wouldn't have a job <laughs> to start out with. Yeah. But God knew, obviously, he's all-knowing, to get you in that situation, and you said yes there, so that... What, your year 11? This is year 11 for you? This is year 11. So that 11 years later, you would be here. Yeah. So we... many wrong possible turns. It, well, <laughs> and the, like you just continue to be obedient to the call. And now, if you wouldn't have said yes way back when and continued to stay obedient the whole time, you would have not been where you are now. Mm-hmm. So look at you. I've got goosebumps on my forehead. Yay, I would not... Uh, it's a biological reaction to excitement, so <laughs> sorry, it. I cannot undo it. Um, but yes, so again, ask yourself, what are you going to regret if you don't do it? So think about the 10-year test. In 10 years, if I don't start this right now, will I regret it? And how many of you can already think of what you wish you would have started 10 years ago today? Oh my gosh, for real. It's not too late. Start now. You want to go first? What do you... <laughs> uh-huh. Ten years uh, ago. Where were we ten years ago? Uh, we were just entering the work world. Yes. Like right around there. Pre-kids. Pre-kids. Dang. What would you have... Thinking back. So it's been ten years. Mm-hmm. Is there a point where you're like, oh man, I wish I... If I would have done blank, we would have been here. Oh man, saving money. Yeah. More responsibly. I wish that me and my husband would have taken more advantage of the time we had because now that we're further in both of our careers, three kids, and they're getting into activities, mm-hmm. that time is very small. So it, that knowing that now, like I didn't know that 10 years ago, right? Otherwise, I mean, or it's something you hear, like, yeah, enjoy your time together. Yeah, okay, we are. We are. What do you mean? Duh. Oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> Redo? No. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing. But um, I do feel like career-wise, I'm looking back and thinking, did podcasts even exist? Ten years ago, yeah. They were just now starting. And I only know that because I listened to a thing today that said, and the, this famous guy was like, I've been podcasting for ten years. Wow. I was like, oh, okay, so it has been around for ten years. <laughs> we're late to the game, y'all. We're right on time. That's right, baby. All right. (laughs) So, I would say 10 years ago, and I don't know why, like, this still sticks with me. I was one class away from double majoring. Mm -hmm. And it was that summer that the three of us, me, you, and Amy, lived together, and y'all went to the class that I needed during the summer. That was that class. That was the class, and I didn't go. Why the heck didn't I go? I could have had summer. I could have had a whole nother degree and I was mm-hmm. one class away from getting it. You know, I was one class away, but I graduated a semester early. Yep, you graduated a semester early. Yeah. But see if I hadn't done that I may not have gotten my first job. Right. And do I need that double major today or whatever? No. Just like I don't, but dang, I could have had Two degrees. You could have another framed degree. No, I'm thinking well, my Do they type them on the same paper? I want to say yeah. Save money. So see, look. <laughs> I just need to write it on there. <laughs> yeah. Psych major minus one class. You know what? I did think of something. Tell me. Therapy. Ooh, what a good one. Yep. Yes I and amen. I started it mm-hmm. seven years ago, but I wish I would have started it like out of high school. So. I, I want to echo that. I started almost a year ago. I started in, I guess, Ju- no, I started in July, August. Mm-hmm. And if, again, I could have saved myself so much stress, energy, time, effort, compens- trying to compensate, all of that stuff. If I would have just <laughs> handled it earlier. Oh, my gosh. And I'm sure some people in some way feel like they can't start therapy until they're ready. You know, that's what therapies for. Right. They walk you through it. Kind of like people that say, well, I can't go to the gym until I'm in shape. I can't go to church until... Until I get my life right. uh, No, that's not how that works. Mm, That's why you go... That's like like saying I won't go to the doctor until I'm healthy. Mm, 
Sir, your leg is broken. You need a doctor. One of my own personal children did not want to go to school because she didn't know how to read yet. And I said, dear child, that is why you go to school. (laughs) You are four. It is okay. (laughs) Look, you may have had that mindset since you were four. So, time to change that. Oh, man, that's good stuff. I try to catch myself from saying good stuff now, but I'm going to be proud with that being the thing that I say, I guess. Well, I won't call you out every time. (laughs) I'll call myself out this time. Okay. Next section is the inspiration from the Island of Misfit Toys. Did you ever see this? Jacob hates this Christmas movie. What Scrooge? I know. I like it. Yeah. Okay, would you like to? Sometimes it goes on too long and I fall asleep before the end. Well, that's okay because then it's in your mind as you go to sleep all Christmassy. So it's like the Misfit Toys, right? Like the train or... Train with the square square wheels. wheels. Mm -hmm. The Jack in the Box that... His, His name's Charlie. Oh, not Jack. Yeah, he's Charlie in the box. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Poor all these guy. toys that just, man, they're misfits. So Marie has this section in there because she never felt like she fit into anywhere. She thought, maybe if I got a degree, I'd graduate and be a blank. But then she never felt like that tug. She still wanted to do so many things, and she I feel like she's a seven, but mm. that's just me. Um, but she wants to do so many things, and then um, she ends up realizing that she's not the only one who feels like this. That is, that's okay. And so then she coined the term to herself, a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And so when people would ask her, hey, Marie, so what are you doing with your life? Oh, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Oh, oh, what's that? Well, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and doing this. And she's doing it, y'all. So she is an author. She does go on podcast she has marie tv she's doing she has b school which is her business school she's doing all of these things mm-hmm. because she's figured it out yeah i think um we get locked in the mindset that and guilty right at mm-hmm. the elementary level what do you want to be when you grow up and it's like you have to pick doctor, something teacher veterinarian yeah <laughs> i mean there's only like five i can't remember the other two but um, firefighter firefighter police officer mm-hmm. like those are your a helper schools. they're a helper of some sort yeah community helpers mm-hmm. because they just learned that lesson or that little it's part, part of the mm-hmm. lesson cycle that's right here's so community just... helpers what do you want to be when you grow up a helper yes and so i don't know other options schools are getting better our school does a pretty cool sort of like job um like not bring your parent to work but sort of thing but it just broadens the horizons of career fields, mm-hmm. um, focusing a lot on STEM. We've said this before. What STEM? Oh, like the plant. Mm-hmm. STEM with the leaves. Science, S, T, technology, E, engineering, M, math, and now it's called STEAM, A, for art. Yay! Um, but we, um, what was I saying? I don't know. Careers. Lots of careers that, uh, and also we're talking to kids more about careers that you don't have to go to college for. Oh, I remember. We've said this before, that um, the kids that are like first and second graders now, the jobs that will be available by the time they graduate high school and college, a lot of them don't exist yet. And so the um, challenge that schools have is preparing students. For things that don't even exist. Right. And so... What this highlights for me and what I try to remind my students is that school is a really good tool to teach you how to learn. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta learn how to learn. So again, you might not use quantum physics in your job, but hey, you know what? If you can learn quantum physics, you can probably learn anything. Yep. I love it. And plus you're learning all those soft skills like you were talking about earlier, like how to work as a team, how to function with people that aren't necessarily you're compatible to you how to deal with a boss slash higher up slash teacher that you might not like teacher boss yeah so again you're learning all these skills so parents whenever you do talk to your kids have that open mind of not necessarily well that fits in x y or z career like no being functional in any difficult learning situation that's a skill you can carry everywhere so yeah talk about it so as far as feeling like a misfit if you don't want to be the 
teacher, firefighter, policeman, doctor, <laughs> veterinarian. <laughs> like, don't. I mean, look at all the jobs that exist in the world and how much how many people don't fall into that category. Right. And again, if you if it doesn't exist yet, make your own name for it. I think that gives you some empowerment instead of responding to people and saying you don't know. And kind of getting that, oh. Like, You're a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Shouldn't you have that figured out by now? So if you give people a name, one, you shouldn't care what they think. But how many of us know that but actually practice that? Arena. Your arena. <sighs> yeah. So um, give it a name. Make up your own name. I think it's important to also remember uh, that what you have acquired along the way, so your wisdom, your courage, your faith, that's going to help propel you down your roadmap. Everybody is unique. Everyone has their own different story. Like, Farron, you and I are educators, but we are taking two different roadmaps to get to the same place. So, again, the wisdom we have separately acquired and taking that little step of courage and then continuing on with that, that builds up your wisdom, builds up your encouragement, or your you just being courageous, builds up your faith, and uh, that helps propel you to where you should be. A surplus of effort could overcome a deficit of confidence. Okay, so this is the section called the nasty little lie that holds you back. So again, what you said with the quote, your effort is going to overcome your lack of confidence. Or remember, just lean into the confidence that God has. Like, God is confident. Um, I'm glad we're on the team that's undefeated. Mm. Just saying that. If, you f- <laughs> if you're in the dumps and you're feeling kind of like a loser, if you're a Jesus follower, then uh, you're actually on the undefeated team. So Winners congratulations. Win. Winners win, baby! <laughs> okay. So Marie goes on to tell like this anecdote of where she started out. Like she, her ten year dream was that she loves to dance. She has a passion for dance, and then she was like, "Okay, Marie, in ten years, are you gonna regret not going to the one dance class?" And she's like, "Heck yeah, I am!" So she went, and she ends up having a, a really uh, she balls <laughs> at the class. So she realizes uh, she's older than most in the class. She doesn't know the jargon or anything like that, and she can't do it either, so she feels just kind of, you know, down in the dumps. Um, But then she kept showing up, kept getting better. Uh, She knows she wasn't ready, but she just kept going, and she ended up, one of her, the people who worked at this facility, um, she saw Marie in the dance class, because Marie was just working out on the front row, and the lady was like, hey, we have tryouts for instructors. I think you should try out. And so she was like, ha, 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 you're right. But then the lady was like, no, at least at least just come try out. Because if you make it, I think you'd be really good. So she tries out as a fitness instructor. She makes it. And then she starts teaching her class as this rookie dancer. But she just always went all out. Gave it 100% every day. She showed up, did the best she could. She improved every day. And then someone was taking her class who worked for MTV at the time in one of the um, video directing of the music stuff. And they were just like, hey, we actually have an opening for a choreographer. Would you be interested in just talking to my boss? And again, Marie was like, no, (laughs) I am not ready. I don't have the skills to do this yet. And they're like, just have a conversation. So she ends up getting the job. And then she works her way up this ladder, and she didn't even know that that was going to happen. But just because she showed up to the class, she did the 10-year test. Well, I regret not taking the dance class. Yep. Show up, fail, show up, fail. And then your fails, you're still moving in an upward trajectory. Even if you have fails along the way, you're still moving upward. So by the time someone watched, it was the right person at the right time. Just all the circumstances fell together nicely it's not a coincidence if it's in god's plan right but i just thought that was a cool story so again you can leverage the situation too if god's called you to it he's gonna get you through it yeah i think about the effort overcomes confidence a lot when i volunteer to help with projects um I always think, like, I might not have a lot to offer as far as 
like knowledge on the subject, but man, I'll bring the grunt work. Oh, for sure. And then, you know, when I get in there, I either learn Mm -hmm. and provide the grunt work (laughs) or sometimes I surprise myself and I have more to offer than um, I gave myself credit for. So um, I'm one of those that I don't know that all have all the knowledge, but I'll work my tail off to make it happen. Again, Give me the hire every day that's going to work hard over the person who knows the thing. Oh, my goodness. Because if they're going to work hard, you can learn anything. Anyone can learn anything if you're willing to put in the work. Yeah, in Grit, they found that the people that worked harder did better than the people perceived to have more talent. Yes, over and over and over again in all the research that she's ever done. It's probably, I think it's about 12 to 15 years worth of research now. For these entire years, it is proven time after time, hard work and effort will beat the, the know-how or the talent, the innate natural talent. Mm-hmm. So, good Lord, that just pumps me up. So, it's not just a feel-good thing that we tell you guys. It's science. And again, it's qualitative research. So, just like Brene Brown, she's researched for 20 years and is now able to definitively say certain statements about being vulnerable and wholehearted living. So... You just, qualitative research just takes longer. And I think now we're starting to see the fruits of the labor of all those people who are taking the time to do qualitative research. So shout out to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so something she talks about with this nasty little lie, um, it could be like the, I'm not ready or I don't want to do this. So again, the inner critic, what we talked about a couple episodes ago, or it might have been last episode, was feeling your feelings, but give it a time limit and then propel yourself forward. So we talked about five second feelings. So for five seconds, you feel whatever it is and then you get back after it. So if you were terrified, you fully feel those terrified feelings for five seconds and then you go into game face mode and let's see what's going on, whether it's doing the research, taking the phone call, whatever it is. So again, address the feelings, feel them, but you cannot sulk or stay stuck. You've got to move on. If you get a nasty email from a boss, a client, If you're a teacher and it's a parent, if you're a part of a family and it's another family member. If you're a human, you will feel this. You never have family drama. Um, Go ahead and be mad about it for a certain amount of time. But then I like to go right into fix it mode because ultimately that me being mad or sad or whatever isn't going to fix it. But I do allow myself those feelings because it turns out I'm human. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I need to like deal with those emotions before responding as well. Right. You should not send an email when you're angry. Yes. And so sometimes you might need to extend the time based on the strength of your feelings. Yes. Um, but definitely trying to not wallow there because, as we all know, that won't. That won't fix it. Right. So something you can couple together are the five-second feelings and then the Wonder Woman pose. So again, Wonder Woman stands up tall, hands on her hips, mighty as can be. Uh, There's actually lots of research. If you are a positive body language um, expert, then you know this. But there was an article, I'll try to find it. It talked about if you were nervous or about to go do something intense and you needed to pump yourself up, if you stand up as tall as you can, um, kind of straddly, and then put your ha- your hands up in the air apart, that is going to start making your brain feel, like hype you up. So I've seen people, or I've heard stories also of like standing in the elevator on the way to the interview. They're standing in like this power position, and then the doors open, and they're like, "All right, let's go do this." Yeah. So if you again, watch Grey's Anatomy. They, they do in Grey's. Goodness, yes. I feel like I'm supposed to know this. Maybe that's where we learned it all. Thanks, Grace. Well, I feel like it's many places, but Grace does it quite consistently now. And the initial time, it was the brain surgeon that actually introduced it to everybody else. So Thank you, Patrick about... Dempsey. No, not him. <laughs> his sister, Patrick Dempsey. Nope, nope. I'm living in my fantasy world where he's still alive. Okay, great. Anyway, so feel the feelings, but then let's go. Hype yourself up and then get to step in, right? That is absolutely right. So as we've said before, action comes before courage. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, like, 
of an adrenaline rush thing that I've done. I think of kids that are so nervous to jump off the diving board. Have you all yes. ever been at the swimming pools? And, you know, it's only the three-foot one, and they, like, go to the edge, and then they don't. And then they go to the edge, and they let someone else go. Uh-huh. Man, as soon as they jump, now they're going, and you can't get them off the diving board. Right. So, again, if you take that action, it will, most of the time, build the courage once you just do it. Right. I feel like so, I've heard that. Nike? Is that it? Yeah. Shia LaBeouf, just do it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't unsee it. Uh, just remember, all progress starts when you've made just one choice to move. So again, if we're going back to Newton's laws of motion, an object in motion stays in motion. So if you just take one step, then it's easier to take the next step. And then the next step, that makes me think of that Frozen song. Where she's like, well, we... <laughs> right. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Farron had an awesome blog post like six months before this came out about doing the next right thing. I said it first. And then then good old Anna of Arendelle sang a song about doing the next right thing. Like just take a step, step again. And that's just what it takes. You just have to keep moving forward. That's also a little catchphrase in Meet the Robinsons, Mm. like the inventor um, guy. His whole motto is keep moving forward, and they celebrate failures and all that jazz. We talked about that during the grit one. I remember now. All right. Momentum. So, again, back to the laws of motion. It's Momentum is so powerful. Just think about it not only like with physics. So, again, if this is a law, laws of motion, these are things that it happens. You can't unchange it, just like one of her caveats in the beginning of the book of you can't change gravity but you can defy gravity so again you can't change the laws of motion but you can make them work towards you so that's why it's really easy to stay a couch potato because an object at rest stays at rest but if you get up and go and keep doing this if it applies in physics it's going to apply in your mind as well it's how the world works people boom if you didn't pay attention in physics class ooh, did you take ipc no, that integrated physics, physics and chemistry. chemistry. No, because I did like the I did the biochem, physics, aquatic science route. Because mm. I wanted to take that, and I think IPC was only offered to certain At, in high school, though, right? That's yeah. IPC's high school. Yeah, oh, yeah, at aquatic something. In aquatic high- science, best class ever. I so fun fact: Brooke loves Animal Planet. Wait, always have. didn't you volunteer? When you were at the high school oh, to help. Heck yeah. Okay. So senior year, if you were in aquatic science, you actually got to go to Port Aransas for a week or a few days and you got to nerd out. It was the best ever. So then I taught at my alma mater and the aquatic science teacher was still teaching when I was the, when I taught there. And so they were like, hey, do you want to be a sponsor? And I was like, <gasps> Dream come true. So then I went on, I was a sponsor for like a couple years. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was so awesome. You told me about it. Multiple times, <laughs> I bet. Because yep. it was so great. Yep. Thanks for loving me through that. Oh, I could nerd out all day. I love watching you nerd out. I'm mm-hmm. telling you guys, you should just watch our YouTube version. When she nerds out about the brain, I just can't help but stare at her. I usually watch her through the phone. So that way I'm not like... Because sometimes she gets wild with her hands. I know, I'm sorry. So I gotta stay in my safe zone. (laughs) I'm sorry, I made you feel unsafe. No, you just get excited and unexcited, but we can't get injured. You have that insurance for that. Not yet. What is that when you get hurt? Workers comp. Yep. (laughs) You're working for free. So no workers comp. I'm just. (laughs) I'm uninjured, unreported. Okay. So all, a lot of this is also your inner critic. So again, the limiting beliefs, what is your brain telling you? But you can also combat, combat that. And remember, your inner critic, um, it has as much power as you allow it. So if you want to shut Lucy down, then you shut her down. And that's what you do. Hmm. That's what I've named my inner critic. Have you named your inner critic? No. Hmm. I, I think I want to name her Karen. But that's too close to my name. So that's my conflict. Uh, Pam, 
No, because I know some really nice Pams, and so that's why. Oh, it can't be Pam. <sighs> Maybe something like Gertrude. Call it Gertie. Liz and Gertie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It gets worse as I talk. Yeah. Anywho. Great segue. On to the next section. Fine print on how to start when you're ready. Here she breaks it down into three sections. And the first one is beware of procrastination disguised as research and planning. This one is so hard because, again, if you're trying to start before you're ready, you have to know ahead of time. You're not ever going to be all the way ready. You're not ever going to be all the way confident. Rely on God's readiness and confidence. Um, But there is a point where you are going down the rabbit hole. Um, So picking on my Enneagram 5s or my stressed out 8s or my secure 7s, you could be doing a lot of research for this fun new project you've got going on. And it's a year later and you hadn't done anything except for research. So that's hard. Mm -hmm. There's got to be, again, set the time limits um, or just... Think about, there's a difference between initial research, like, okay, like, how do I get a sewing pattern and figure out how to make this thing, versus looking at all the different ones over an extended period of time, and then I'll finally select one, and then I'll go by myself and do it. Yeah. And there's a difference. So, again, the initial research versus extensive research. You just need initial, and then go, and learn as you go. I like what we said in the last chapter, yeah, last episode, about... um it being measurable. So even if you're research and planning, you could set measurable goals. But then um, setting those measurable steps. So you might say, for this amount of time, I'm going to research. And for this amount of time, I'm going to have these action steps. Right. Or by the end of this research session, I'll be able to blank, blank, blank. Mm -hmm. Man, it sounds like a class assignment. No, but I think that, you know... People think they have to complete, when they complete their research, they know everything they need to do to begin. And we've said before, we're learning as we're going. So again, some general research and then set some time where half the time is research and half the time is action steps. Right. And you can even offset that even more as you go on to where it's 10 minutes of research, 50 minutes of action, whatever that looks like during whatever phase you're in. Um, A lot of experts encourage you to create before you research um, because if you do the research first and see all of what's out there, then you start trying to create it and all you have in mind is what you've seen. Um, So create first and research after. Mm -hmm. So just, just a little free tip there. Something I have to remind myself in Enneagram 1 and then also to Enneagram 6s or stressed out 9s or secure 3s. Not uh, here. You do, not present. You don't have to have the entire thing mapped out with every, so like 6s are typical worst case scenario. You don't have to plan out like, oh, well, what if it's a flop? You're going to fail at one point, so pick yourself back up. Or 1s, hey, you're going to fail at one point, so you got to pick yourself back up. So again, you don't have to have the entire roadmap. You just need what the next step is. If you spend too much time procrastinating through research, a lot of times, especially in this tech-savvy world, the algorithm changes. Or, I mean, you're not going to be able to keep up with it. Whatever was true six months ago in tech world is now not. It's evolved since then. Or the owner is trying to move in a different direction. Or... Things like that. Just think of fast food restaurants now. They have the apps where you can like place an order and come pick it up. There's Grubhub, which comes picks up, delivers other people's food. There's Payne with your app. There's so many different ways. I mean, Chick-fil-A's got it figured out though. Yeah, they do. Drive through line. Good job, Roger. Get on that, people. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, restaurants, something fast food chains, which you think would not be having to change so much have really evolved and had to step up their game even things like adding breakfast items to their menus because they found that like that's where people spend a whole bunch of money is on breakfast food and there were only a few places that offered breakfast menu items right now the breakfast game competition is on fire there's so many good choices Mm -hmm. so just constantly evolving and thank goodness chick-fil-a Began when it did. 
What if that yeah. one would have went to the graveyard? Have you seen the meme where it's like, I got in the Chick Fil A drive through at one twenty six and I got out of it at one seventeen? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that uh, is awesome. Uh, also, the other day, Sloane was my four year old. She was sweeping something. I said, "Well, Sloane, thank you." And she goes, "My pleasure." Oh my god! <laughs> so. Thank you, Chick-fil-A, for investing in my family because uh, now my kid sweeps and says it's her pleasure. So my cool. Pleasure. Uh, so again, make sure whenever you're doing your research and you're planning, it's clear, objective, and you have guidelines to it. So like you were saying, Farron, set parameters, whether it's time or once I learn this one task, I'm going to go apply it instead of, oh, what about this thing? Like, No, learn the task, apply it. The next step she talks about is, so step one was don't, the procrastination with research. Step two is get skin in the game. So you need something on the line because so whether not your literal skin. not literal organ, but <laughs> oh my goodness. So again, not necessarily like money's on the line, but you need some sort of accountability because we are human, and again, science shows that when you do confide in someone or a the people in your arena, not just on Facebook. Hey, everybody, I'm going to do this, this, this. Like, no, you need to like, narrow that down a little bit, probably, yeah. to the, your arena. Um, but you need something in there. Did you know, okay, a couple episodes ago, or maybe last, I can't remember. It's in this miniseries. But we talked about that interview question on do you love to win or hate to lose? Mm-hmm. And we both said love to win. So research shows that all humans have something called loss aversion, where we would rather, we'd, we'd hate to lose something over winning something, which is so crazy. Hmm. Because, I mean, that means, if that's our natural, then you and I have trained ourselves to think the other way, based off of our innate characteristics as a human. She said, you would rather hate losing 20 bucks than finding $20 on the street. Mm-hmm. I get that. I feel that. Yeah. 20 bucks, man. It doesn't want to find 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. I want to. I found it in the Lazy River at a water park once. Oh, Lazy Rivers. Spent it at the gift shop, as you should. Gosh, I feel like Lazy Rivers falls under the category nope. of things nope. you loved as a kid but nope. hate as an adult. Nope. We're not going to talk about what happens in Lazy Rivers or what finds. No. Mm-mm. 20 bucks, though. I found 20 bucks. <laughs> so so sucker. <laughs> all that don't go in the Lazy River. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for your our sacrifice. Our skin in the game was buying our microphones. I agree. That was our our faithful, hey God, all right, we feel like we're being called to this. We're going to put skin in the game and buy microphones. Yep. Oh, if anything, it was an expensive New Year's gift to ourselves. <laughs> Something to look pretty on the shelf. Yes. Oh, I see you got a microphone. You record? Mm. No. It's it a just... trophy of a dream I once yeah. had. <laughs> Most likely Yeet. to avoid recording. Mm, not us. We're using this bad boy. We are. So she also talks about there are several apps that you could get on your phone where you can actually, I did not know this, so you can Google um, like an accountability app in the year. So accountability app 2020. And there are things that you have to do. You set the parameters and goals for yourself. If you don't do them, you lose money and it will... She was like, you could even donate the money to a charity that you don't like. Or to your nemesis. Or whoever. So, again, people need that motivation. Again, that just shows you that accountability. Everybody needs it. So, You know what I heard someone say the other day? Tell me. That you are... A villain in someone else's story. Mm. Which for me, being a nine and a people pleaser, was unsettling. I bet it was. Which is why I remember it. But hey, if I am your villain, you can send your money to me. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, if well, I'm going to be the villain. We'll get you our PayPal account. Prof- let me profit off of that. Put us on your app. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and have some sort of astronomical goal at the other end of it. That'd be great. And just another example of what skin in the game could mean but not be financial is applying for that job that you don't think you're qualified for or not sure you're ready to do yet. So again, if you're sitting here debating about getting the job or not and you don't even you haven't even had an interview, they haven't even that offer isn't in existence yet. Skin in the game could just be applying. Um or 
getting an internship in a position or field that you're interested in. Um, that's going to be your skin in the game is your time and energy yeah. on top of probably still working another job or going to school. Um, so skin in the game can be more than just financial. Oh, I like that. And even when you do that, you're developing relational equity, which can be used Valuable. and leveraged uh-huh. later on. My mom loves to say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's because of relational equity. Yep. Mm, boom. All right. She's a smart woman. Yeah, she is. What's up, Mom? All right, the third step on how to start before you're ready is you need to value growth and learning over comfort and certainty. Man, that's If we don't hard. preach this every day, I don't know. I preach it. We do it. It's still hard. I know. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. But when you look back, you're like, okay. Again, it gets easier. It's like pulling weeds. Like, mm. Man, this sucks. And then by the time you're done, you're like, and it's done. Look it's at you. Done. Folding laundry. This sucks. It's got to happen though. Hey, I can sit on my couch again. <laughs> there, look at that. The couch is not one large shelf. Who knew? <sighs> so it's, again, and we've, we've posted this several times about the diagram where it's a circle and it's your comfort zone. And then there's an arrow outside of it and it says where the magic happens. Like Nothing awesome ever came from someone being comfortable. Yeah. Nothing great came from comfort zones. Right. I have that on a shirt. And that came from, that's also vulnerability too. Like if you're willing to be vulnerable and it's exchanged and you've had those ground rules laid out, then it's highly valuable and lots of growth happens. And that doesn't mean it's all rainbows and butterflies, but man, stuff happens and it's great. I like the phrase that talks about even when you fail, it's not a losing situation because you're learning mm-hmm. from this. It, there, there's a more eloquent way. I win or I learn, but I never lose. That one. Yep. Got you, girl. By Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> he also. <laughs> I'm not trying to offend anyone. I think Gandhi is very wise, and that is why I believe he said those, even though. I'm sure he said it in a different way. Yeah. Just saying. So wise with his words. And if you think you're going to comment with who said that uh, to get the thousand points that don't really matter, too bad, because guess what Brooke's doing right now? Give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) She is Googling who looked that up. Boys, Nelson Mandela, look at you. I I win or I learn, but I never lose. Maybe I should start guessing Nelson Mandela. Yeah, I think you should. Okay. Just say any one of those... Quotable guys. Yes, and there's wise women as well. Wise people. Humans. Humans. Is that from Moana? Men. Women. People in general. When she's saying, Maui, I got demigod of the land and sea. Mm -hmm. You will come with me. Uh, Of men and women. I don't know. Yes. Yes. If you're parents, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Or Disney fanatics. Um, just remember that failure is going to happen, but it's, I, I love what you said a couple, a couple episodes ago. Oh, you yeah. have fingernails, but, but you, you are not in fact fingernails. I love it. So if you fail, you are not in fact a failure. Okay. You have failed. Turns out you're human. Again, if that inner critic starts getting too chatty, again, tell Lucy to shut the heck up and move on because you're not a failure. Unless you choose to be. You can stay stuck. And there are people like that. Mm. Whoa, is me. Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Uh, yeah, no, I'm out. Okay, so remember, just as your confidence increases, you're going to learn to take more risks because you know that you've been bouncing back from little failures here and there, or big failures here and there. If you are continuing to bounce back you're co- and you're excelling forward, your confidence will increase, and you're going to learn to continue taking those little risks. In summary of the Start Before You're Ready chapter, we are not encouraging you to not be well prepared and do your research. We are being cautious and letting you know not to get stuck in that part of the growth track. Um, Some ways to start before you're ready effectively is to be aware of your procrastination 
uh, disguised as research and planning. So again, set measurable goals and maybe have someone holding you accountable for, you know, if you've gotten to a point where you've wanted to get to. I like it. Okay, so that is Marie Forleo's chapter seven. So next week is going to be chapter eight, and it's progress, not perfection. And I'm sure I'm going to dread it, being an Enneagram one. Yeah. Whee! Uh, yeah. But it needs to be perfect. I know. Gosh. Okay, I'm still working on it. Work in progress. Looking forward to it. All right. See you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this mini-series. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.